Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. Today we're talking about freelancer job sites, which are good, which are bad, and which are downright terrible. If you're working as a freelance copywriter, it's pretty likely you've considered exploring the likes of Upwork and Fiverr and Freelancer.com. They offer the promise of steady work, easy pitching and regular income. But what's the reality? Freelance copywriters share stories of poor pay, ridiculous client expectations and the impossibility of competing with copywriters in countries way lower than your own. Today, we're going to share our thoughts and experiences with these platforms. And if you've ever considered using one, this is a great episode for you. Hello, my name is Kate Toon. I'm the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success. And with me today is the lovely Belinda Weaver. Hello, my name is Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and I'm the creator of the Copywriting Masterclass course. Now, if you could see behind the scenes, you would know that we've had a lot of difficulty getting to this point in today's podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Belinda and I haven't recorded for quite some time. Obviously, you might not have noticed that because we've kept the episodes coming through very organized schedulification, Uh, but we've actually had a big break uh, and we've completely forgotten how to make podcasts because Belinda's been making something else. What have you been making, Belinda? Yes, on my holidays, I made a baby. I have a newborn in the house, um, so we've been getting used to what how that works again, but it's been lovely. It's been the snuffling, little snores and farts that go on in the middle of the night is really quite nice. Oh, how nice to have baby snuffles and farts. I just have my husband's snuffles and farts, which are not adorable in any way. <laughs> Um, but okay. So babies, podcast disasters. We're going to try and get through this episode. Um, yes. but before we do, let's do the question thing where we delve into our inner being. Belinda, my question today is, although we love what we do, we love being copywriters. Sometimes it does get a little bit old. So is there anything that you really loathe about copywriting? Look, there isn't anything I really loathe. Um, cause everything's an opportunity, right? Kate, <laughs> an opportunity to learn. Um, but you know, one thing I really don't enjoy is that stage of the writing when you've got to hand the copy over to the client. So the copy's written and it's done and you're editing, but you're just kind of fiddling and, and maybe you're not entirely happy with it, but, but you've got to get client feedback that, that's the moment I really don't enjoy. And I sometimes I really have to force myself to send the copy. I know what you mean, that, that sort of never-ending fiddling. I'm, I'm in a similar situation at the moment with the, the book that I'm writing that I know that I could just keep going over it and finding bits to fix, but I just need to finish it. Um, so I do, I get that. Mine, I think, is the uh, blank page. Um, getting started, you know, I'll do the whole thing of like cleaning my office, making a cup of tea, doing some washing, whatever I can do so that I don't actually have to start writing. Um, and I think one of the ways I got over that was to create all my, my templates. I'm obsessed with my templates, but, uh, you know, what they help me do is kind of, you know, you open your template and you, you change the brand name and you put in the page names and you put, change some formatting and it feels like you've achieved something so that you're not with that fully blank page but um yeah it's it's those are, that would be my pet hate but I don't loathe anything either because I think if you loathe it we probably shouldn't be copywriters right so true yep okay well look uh let's get on with the chat uh so today we're talking about 
freelancer job sites, they kind of come in all different shapes and sizes. So we're going to kind of break them down. Um, and the ones we're going to talk about first are job bidding sites. I'm not sure if that's the right way to describe them, but it seemed right to me at the time. Um, so these would be ones like Upwork, that used to be called something else, I can't remember, Freelancer.com and Fiverr. They're kind of sites where you set up a profile and people pitch jobs or, and you bid for them or you have a cost for doing a particular type of job and, and people buy from you. So they're kind of like marketplaces. Um, and it's all managed through the system. You know, you'll pay through the system. They take their cut. Customers can leave ratings and reviews. And generally, the more reviews you have, the more prominent you are, and the more you can charge. Now, I have to admit that I have never offered copywriting services on any of these types of sites. I'm not sure why. Um, honestly, I think it might be that I didn't know they existed when I started out, which I, I know is incredibly stupid, but I just didn't. Um, and I know that you haven't used them either, Belinda. Do you have a reason why you didn't use them? Or were you just a bit daft like me and didn't know they were there? <laughs> no, daft like you. I didn't really even know they were there. I, When I first started, I concentrated on social media marketing. I concentrated on networking. And then, yeah, I kind of discovered these sites were out there um, later on when I kind of had enough work, or at least I felt confident in getting work through other channels. So um, I, I did use one once, but this is – not really standard because a business contact of mine, Tim Timbo Reed, um, of that small business um, big marketing podcast, he had a client and he actually asked me to submit a proposal for the copywriting project he was working with them on. And he said that they were managing the process, the proposal through those kind of, I think it was the old Upwork. And I ended up getting the job, but I got the impression it was actually more from his recommendation anyway. And I think that the key was I didn't actually have low prices. I had my standard prices and my standard proposals. So my my one time, it wasn't actually a very usual scenario. Yeah, I think that's it. I think the same as you, I started off getting work through my network, you know, through my friends and family, to be honest. And then by the time I kind of cottoned on to the fact that these sites existed, I already, you know, I looked at what people were charging and I was already charging more than that. And I didn't really want to go down again so I never ventured onto them um so you know that probably makes it sound like we're not very qualified to talk about these sites and and we'll be honest and say we're not so what we did was we actually asked members of my clever copywriting community Belinda's uh copyright matters community and also a community called the freelance jungle which is run by Rebecca Lambert who was on a previous episode episode 42 if you haven't listened to that check it out so we what we did was we reached out to other people instead of you use these sites and what are your experiences and we thought they'd be interesting to share with with you guys and give our perspective on so um i guess we're gonna we're gonna sort of sort of sew those sew those in weave those into the episode as we go along but let's let's talk about some of the negatives of these platforms first um the first one i think would be price so Often on these sites, you are purely competing on price um, because prices, they lead with price. I mean, the whole notion of sites like Fiverr is that you can get jobs done for a Fiverr, a US Fiverr, but a Fiverr nonetheless. So, um, you, you know, you're leading with price. You're not leading with your proof or your experience or your portfolio. Um, and you're competing with copywriters who possibly live in countries where the cost of living is quite low um, or lower than, than your own. I mean, in Australia, our rates are actually pretty good. I mean, 
uh, often even higher than America and the UK. Uh, so even competing with American and UK copywriters, we'd, we'd find it hard to compete on price. Um, and obviously, you know, copywriters in countries like India and the Philippines can charge a lot less. So going on these sites means you often have to reduce your rates dramatically. Don't you think, Belinda? Yeah, I, that that was a huge turn off for me because it's just, as you said, it's too hard to compete. Um, you know, what we do, I think, as copywriters is we sell our value, um, not the bottom line, which is what we've talked about on a previous pod, why pricing per word just doesn't really make a lot of sense because it makes you into a commodity. And, you know, when you've got people writing 500 word blogs for a tenner, that's that's not going to pay my bills. It's not paying my mortgage. It's not keeping me in facials and salon visits. Yeah, like I actually do that. But you know what I mean? Like it's just, it can't even pay for the the basic bills. Um, And if you then transition your client, like if you use it as a trial, um, which is something one of my students mentioned, using it as a trial to then migrate people to your real rates, that can be a real shock. And um, overall, I think these kind of, if you get a client who expects that really low rate, um, it can really hold you back from getting better jobs with better clients. Yeah, that's it. You know, you commit to writing 10 blogs for $10 an hour and you that means you're, you know, you're out for a week doing those for nothing and you could have got another job. So it's, it's tricky though. But I mean, I guess there are some positives <laughs> um, and I think they would be, you know, it's a good place to get some jobs under your belt. Um, if you really are a complete noob and have never written anything for anybody, well, it's a good place to sort of test the whole process out. You know, what's it like getting a brief? What's it like working with clients? Um, you know, you're not charging a huge amount. The, the, the investment from the client isn't huge. So, you know, if it doesn't go amazing, um, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world for either party. You know, you, you haven't lost a huge amount of money. They haven't lost a huge amount of money. So it can be a good place to kind of test yourself out and get experience with processes and dealing with clients um you know you could you could use a different name or a different image often the people on these sites you know it's not like Belinda Weaver they call themselves something like copy 172 or something like that so you know you're not putting your name or your reputation on the line necessarily um I do know an Australian PR person for example who uses Fiverr um and in a slightly different way so she uses it as almost like an opt-in. So you know that often we give away checklists and uh, you have an opt-in, Belinda. What's your opt-in on your copywriting site? I have 20 of my best copywriting tips that will transform your writing. Fabulous. <laughs> Go and sign That's up today. Yeah. yeah, it's an ebook, and I have um, an SEO checklist. So what this lady has done is rather than give that away in exchange for an email address, she actually sells it for like a fiver. Um, and then uses that information to then upsell people. So that's an interesting approach. I don't have any kind of real visibility on stats on how successful that is, but it's, you know, different. Um, and, you know, I have actually tried using Fiverr, for example, um, as a customer. So what I did was I did this blog post, Belinda, I don't know if you read it. I don't know if you read my blog post, but it was cool. Of course. I stalk you online. Uh, of course. I remember this one. It was funny. I like your De Niro. Oh, thing. yes. Yeah. So it was cool. There's something like I spent $154 on Fiverr and this is what I got. And for one of those, I did actually brief a copywriter to write me a blog post for $5. 
Um, and uh, you can actually go to that post and actually download what they wrote and have a read of it. And it wasn't bad, you know, like it was 200 words, which is pretty much useless, but it was, it, it was a way to get rid of that blank page. So, you know, I don't know. It gave me a few thoughts and then I, I mean, I didn't end up doing anything with it, but I did sort of see the potential to take that information and use it as almost research for a full blog post so that was a customer experience but gosh I would hate to be that writer I you know I would hate to have to produce stuff for that so so let's and also I'm babbling a little bit but one final point here is that we can be all hoity-toity and say the rates aren't great and it's not a great experience and we want to be paid more but let's be honest um, some money is often better than no money. Um, and, you know, if you have no work coming in, um, there is nothing wrong with going on sites like this and earning a bit of money. There's a lot of judgment in groups and stuff for people who use these platforms to get jobs. But just ignore the judgment. You've got to do what you've got to do to pay your mortgage. So, I don't know. What do you think on that, Belinda? <laughs> No, I think you're spot on. I think the idea of um, when I talk about these kind of websites to my students, I mention the first couple of things that you brought up. It's a great place to get some jobs under your belt. So you get something in your portfolio and it's a great place to get experience with your processes. Because I know the first time I took a brief from a client, I sweated so much because I was terrified. And then the more times you do it, the smoother it becomes. So it's a great place to just test your quotes out, your proposals, you're getting a brief, your communications. So, you know, if you look at it more as an experience rather than the financial bottom line, but as you said, some money's better than no money, then I think it still can have a lot of benefits. But I just don't think you want to hang around there too long as a service provider. It's almost like a once in a while, isn't it? Um, and we've got a few stories later on in the pod of people who've had great success. So, you know, this is just, this is a very subjective episode. Take it, take it or leave it. Um, so yeah, and, and as you mentioned, another positive of these sites is that the processes are kind of all laid out for the client. Um, and often the engagement part of the job is easier. So what I mean by that is that you don't have to have your own processes because their processes are there. You know, someone clicks, they pay their money, they get, you ask for a brief, you have a round of amends. It's all, especially with sites like Fiverr, that's all very strictly laid out. You can't actually change that either. So, and also what's good about it is that, you know, if the client does ask for things beyond what you've quoted for, you have to pay an additional charge. So that can be helpful, especially if you're not confident about enforcing processes. Um, and an example here, um, I j- just found a videographer on OneFlare. Um, I'm paying standard Aussie rates, so I didn't get him cheap or anything. But what I did like about it was that I didn't have to trawl around trying to find someone. So I had Googled, you know, videographer Sydney or video person, blah, blah, blah. And the sites that came back were really awful. So what I did like about OneFlare was, you know, I put up my brief with what I wanted to pay and then three people came back to me and and gave me their portfolios and said their rates, which some were higher than what I'd asked for and some were lower. Um, And then I got got to pick and, you know, it's been a really good experience. So, um, you know, I didn't use it for the cheapness, but I did enjoy it for the ease of choosing a supplier. So, yeah, I thought that was a good point. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's the key to kind of making this work. You're looking for the right job with the right client. You know, I think maybe you can let the cheap writers fight over the cheap clients. Um, But it's still a place where you can find 
good connections. Yeah, and I think that's it. Like, go on these sites, but don't join in the race to the bottom. Keep your prices standard. And yes, you won't get as many inquiries, but you probably will still get some inquiries because some people actually seek out uh, the higher rates because, you know, most people believe that you kind of get what you pay for. So I think you can be on these sites and differentiate yourself by having higher rates, you know? Um, and there's a little um, comment here that we got from Amanda Van Kiempema. I hope I said that right sure I didn't, who's a, a digital assistant. And she said she's a bit of a fan of Upwork and that she sourced three of our long-term and fabulous Aussie-based clients on there. They used it as a rec- recruitment tool, tool and then took the contract offline. Um, I think that might be against the official rules, but I, I'm guessing it happens all the time. Amanda works makes it work by using very uh, strict search parameters. So yes, as we said, she maybe only gets one or two leads a week that are worthwhile, but she just doesn't try and compete with the four dollar writers um so i thought that was interesting and, and nicole leadham um mentioned contract contract is a new player in the australian marketplace they support net oh, let me just read this because i wrote it down it's a support network for communications professionals who um so bit like freelancer but a bit more up um, up market i think and focused on australia and um they're actually sponsoring the upcoming upcoming CopyCon event in Australia, the copywriting Woo-hoo! conference. I know, so that's pretty exciting. So they're obviously good guys because they're supporting a, you know, a, a ground roots event, and that's great. So um, there's a bit of free advertising for them that they weren't expecting. So if they, <laughs> <laughs> let's hope they listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, so not all bad experiences. Yeah, well, my um, talking about like flipping it over to the other side. Becky Brown, one of my copywriting students, she her business is called I Write for Business, um, and she told me that she actually found her proofreader from Fiverr. She actually knew the person through someone else, so there was already trust there. But um, it was a weird thing because I said, "Oh, did you? Was it a trial?" And then did she move you to a higher rate, which is something we just kind of referred to? But she said she hasn't been migrated. And she still pays the Fiverr rates for her proofreading, which which I was really surprised about. Um, so it seems that for, you know, some of us are more than happy to um, get other cheap labour there, but not be there ourselves. I don't know. I mean, there's a bit of, I think there's a bit of responsibility there that like, you know, if you, that's, it's, I sound a bit judgy here, maybe, I, I don't know, but I, I think if you take advantage of five dollar people well then you're kind of contributing to the problem <laughs> and yeah, I agree. and you know if you want your this is a, a something that beck has said before which i think is very true if you want you know your kids to grow up with jobs and be well paid or whatever kind of you know it's the whole buy local thing to a degree isn't it you know don't go and buy everything from a big corporate brand and then moan about the fact that there are no cute little shops in your high street you've got to actually support the businesses if you want the businesses to be there does that make sense yeah absolutely True that. Well, the the other one is um, job board sites, you know, which seem a little bit similar, but they they I think they just post jobs. I mean, I know ProBlogger has one of these. They they post blogging and and various small jobs. And I I did a, I found a few more. We did I did a quick search like Copify, Adunza, um, Writers Edit, and these are all new to me. I just had no idea this kind of stuff really existed. Um, so this is, as we said, this is not something I've looked into into a lot of detail. But, you know, I think the rates are, again, they're just a bit too low. 
and they're getting they don't have an opportunity for you to sell your value and i think when you submit proposals through these sites job sites or the job bidding sites it's really time consuming and also a lot of my students say this you know it took too much time um, there was no personal connection to help sell yourself and they didn't really get the rewards for it so I mean, do you see them as very different, the job board sites? I guess because there's no – I think that they're almost worse in a way because there's no ownership from the job board to say that they'll help you through the process. I mean, at least with Fiverr, it's all a, a process and you get your money. The job board sites often – all they do is post a job. It's up to you to make the connection. There's there's no vetting of jobs or vetting of people. Um, you know, with Fiverr, you do have to, you know, provide ID and, and various other things to kind of even – commit to a job you know so yeah I don't know I'm I'm I have never used any of these either I always find the rates very low possibly they're more suited to you know hobby bloggers or people who want to make a small part-time income or make some pocket money as a full-time copywriter the rates just aren't high enough I mean we all know how hard it is to win jobs when we do have the personal connection and where you know the rates are higher still putting together proposals and and quotes takes a lot of time and a lot of energy so you know I'm not going to do all of that for a five dollar blog post um you know so there we go um so the final kind of type of site we wanted to touch on were membership sites Um, so there are lots of these here in Australia and overseas in Australia we have one called the loop we have Rachel's list which is run by the lovely Rachel Smith and of course my own the the clever copywriting school and and there are lots of others as as well and membership sites are more where you pay a fee to be a member whether it's monthly or annually and you get benefits you know some some of the benefits include jobs but there's obviously other benefits sometimes there's coaching or courses or reductions on certain things and often a community where you can you know share tips and ideas so that's they're slightly different they're not all about the jobs you know the jobs are almost like the icing on the cake um we've got some feedback on some of these so a lady called andrea finch a graphic designer and virtual assistant recommended a community called the freelance collective and she also talked about the creative women's circle um so yeah sites like these usually charge a monthly fee they have some kind of directory um, again i haven't used these but i can talk to my own site and what i see the pros and cons are this is not meant to be salesy but I, um yeah i'll go through it and belinda can <laughs> can be my um can be my judge um but yeah i think i think the con is you know you're paying for your listing and your membership regardless of whether you get work so you have to be clear that there has to be other benefits you know uh, obviously with with sites like this if you do get one or two jobs it usually will pay for the membership for the whole year but it's not guaranteed i don't think any of the sites i've mentioned they guarantee that you will get work so you pay your membership you take a gamble on whether you'll get jobs through it um the pro i think is often sites like these have higher authority than your own so they're easier to find in in google searches so listing on these can be very hard if you're a new copywriter to get your website to appear in the rankings anywhere so rather you know have yourself listed on a directory that has heaps of authority and links pointing at it and then you'll get your name out there and then they can travel through to your website so that can be helpful um at clever copywriting school for example we vet the jobs we share with our members to ensure the client understands the rates that we think are fair we have recommended rates and i'll include those in the show notes so you can check them out so if someone comes along and says i want a blog for eight dollars we'll be like well we're not the site for you i'm sorry about that bye-bye you know so we that means that already that awkward conversation about price has been had before you apply for the job so that can be helpful 
I think that's brilliant, by the way, just to jump in there. I think that sets such a great standard for everyone on both sides of the table. Yeah, I think and it gives the copywriters in the community a bit more confidence about claiming those rates you know because it's like you've got a community of people saying yeah we got your back you know we're not we're not accepting those low rates either so yeah that that can be good and also it's a lot harder for the client to argue with a larger site that represents lots of copywriters and has authority than it is they feel they can put the pressure on small copywriters do you know what i mean so uh having that brand behind you can be helpful um another pro i guess would be the quantity so we share about 10 leads a week in our little community it does depend um and but i guess the other opportunity here is that we get bigger brands um because often bigger brands will come to a site like ours to you know so that you don't have to trawl the internet they're low on time and they just want to get three great names uh for copywriters that come recommended and go with the job and um finally oh hello baby <laughs> yes i'm got got my first little uh, podcasting assistant here sorry <laughs> first baby um so um yeah the final point here is that one thing i like about my community and i'm sure it works in these other communities as well is that actually copywriters refer each other so you know belinda and i've talked about this a lot before you've got work that you can't do you could either choose to subcontract it out or what i always prefer to do is just hand it over to another copywriter so that that happens a lot as well so it's not even just me sharing jobs it's other copywriters in the group sharing jobs so yeah I, i'm i think membership i wish a site like my membership site had existed when i started we kind of created our own little membership group on google way back when didn't we belinda but i wish there'd been yes, something like, like this if i'd have had something like this those first five years would have been so much easier i think yeah and i see that in the comments with um you know the, from the people the copywriters i know who are in your in your in their membership site is that it just kind of makes it a lot easier and you feel like you're a part of a community which as you said can give you confidence um to those high rates and for clients as well it just feels a bit more respectable and you know it's it's got a bit more authority um, um but as you said with these kind of membership sites you need to get a bit more than just a directory listing and most of them do that so i think it's a win-win i feel it's the, the way to go these way these days. i do too and I think that's why so many people are wanting to set them up as well i mean they're popping up all the time so always good to get a recommendation and to try and compare apples with apples and make sure that you know it's a it's a good community or membership before you join and um, so a bit more feedback from members of groups we had a comment from james gatwood who isn't a copywriter but he runs a web development company and i think you know the comments we're making today apply to all kinds of freelancers you know copywriters bookkeepers <laughs> proofreaders designers um and he said he always found it quite difficult and strenuous to set up as a supplier on these sites and i know that they do ask for a lot of information the tech the steps took so long that he kind of lost interest and he found it easier to just network in person and get work that way yeah i'm absolutely agree with james here and that's how i think we both found our early jobs um, and one of my students Elizabeth Bond confirmed this she went she's found it a time-consuming process to go through and then she was shocked at the low rate so she never really pursued it at all um, but I think you know if you invest your time and energy in getting your own marketing going everything will flow from there and I mean like we're saying you might not be able to do that a hundred percent you may go to these kind of websites and get some early jobs and that's totally cool but if you have to invest time and energy, do it in your own marketing as well. 
Yeah, I agree. So I think, you know, worth a dabble, worth dipping your toe in in the pond on some of these. Um, definitely get recommendations from other people on what works. But if, you know, it's always good to diversify your lead sources. Gosh, that sounded so uh, marketing-y. But, you know, never rely on one source of leads too much. So don't join these with high expectations. Maybe keep your rates what they, us- what they are, C- create little packages. And then if you do you know, get a lead through these sites, it's a bonus uh, rather than it being, you know, your main source of income. So, yeah, I think I think that's freelancer sites covered. Yeah, I think we have. For, for two people who've never actually really used them, I think we, we, we did a good job on this one. Yeah, and, you know, we'd love your thoughts on these. So if you want to head to the show notes for this episode in particular and give us your thoughts on freelancer sites, you know, we'd love to hear. This isn't something that we, we know a huge amount about. So we're always open to learning as well. And we can maybe use your thoughts in a future episode. But there we go. So regular listeners will know that at, at the end of the show, we like to read out a review. And today we're giving a shout out to Read, Write, Learn Well, who gave us a review on iTunes. And um, they say, Hot Copy with Kate Toon and Belinda Weaver is excellent. These two talented Australian copywriters, I'm British, deliver a regular podcast filled with practical tips and conversations that's delivered in a way that makes the listener feel like they're sitting down with two friends and a baby, I just added that in, who really know their stuff. Any freelancer would find Hot Copy well worth a listen. There's one. This one's definitely a five star. Thank you very much. That's a lovely review. Yeah, you know you're an Australian, Kate. I know I am. I want to be. I'm a wannabe Australian. And uh, look, thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and or Stitcher. Your review will help others find the show and we'll give you a shout-out too. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode or find us on Twitter and Facebook. So thank you, Belinda. Thank you, Kate. Until next time, everyone, happy writing. So you're still listening? Great. Because I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Sadly, this one's just me, Kate Toon, but it is packed full of useful, practical, doable SEO tips and advice. You can find it in the iTunes store, on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Just search for The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Leave that in, please leave that in, it was so cute.